Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning back in. Episode two of the No Laying Up official podcast. Um, unfortunately, not all in the same room this time. We are in four different cities spread out across the United States, but uh, here to deliver our usual scalding hot takes. Uh, we've got a short agenda. Uh, thank you for everyone that sent questions in, and we'll try to get to as many of those as we can. Uh, first topic we want to discuss is, of course, the Players' Championship this weekend, which Martin Keimer won by a narrow one-shot margin over Jim Furyk. Germinator. Germinator. Uh, the Germinator, I guess, is apparently his new nickname. Um, the big story of the weekend was Jordan Spieth, I guess, failing to convert a 54-hole lead again. Um, I've actually been, Black I don't know about you guys, I actually, I've been pleasantly surprised with the lack of panic columns that I thought I was going to see these last couple of days. What have you guys thought? Uh, you know, I, I think we headed off most of those concerns uh, pretty early on with uh, on Sunday with our, you know, tweets over and over and over again about basically <laughs> preempting any any talk of speed, you know, lacking pop, not being a little poor on Sunday. I, I think the biggest key, I actually thought uh, Jason Sobel's column today was the best at at saying that we just need to maintain perspective. And at this point in their career, Tiger and Spieth both have the same amount of victories, which is one at the age of 20. And Tiger hasn't won his first major. If, if Spieth wins a major this year, it will be before Tiger won his first major. And everyone, I, you know, I've seen these, these horrible takes of people saying Tiger would have stepped on Keimer's throat and all this stuff. Like, no, yeah, maybe 24-year-old Tiger would have, but... 20-year-old Tiger wasn't quite there yet. And even that, the, the Tiger, if we're going to keep comparing Tiger and Spieth, we're, like, we're going to flip on Spieth way too quickly. It's a ridiculous comparison. It really can't be made. But even hey, if you want to make it, it's not straight yet. You know, this is, uh, this is young Neil uh, chiming in from the West Coast. You know, I would say comparing anybody to Tiger is like playing the computer in chess. But it's not fair right now, even for Spieth. And just the fact that we're mentioning him in the same sentence, your, your argument on perspective is absolutely right. Also, I don't think he played that bad down the stretch. 16, 17, 18, he played pretty solid. He almost made that putt on 17. I mean, he lost it earlier in the day, obviously, with the bogey. Well, he had three bogeys and five holes. But you know, it wasn't like he, he pulled a, a Greg Norman and shot 78 or something like that. He shot 74. You bite your tongue. You bite your tongue, you. Hey, you know... <laughs> Do not use saying, Greg Norman's name in vain. I'm just saying, you didn't, you know, you didn't get fouled out there, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it 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 felt like everything went wrong for him on Sunday, and he was still right there up until probably the rain delay. Right after the rain delay, he had the free putt after that, and uh, that rain delay almost threw a really, really weird wrinkle in that tournament. I mean, Keimer was in absolute, complete control for. 67 and a half holes, and man, was he playing with a tight sphincter in those last four can holes. Can we talk about uh, Sergio burying that putt on 18 to sneak up the leaderboard there? I thought that can was so classic. Can we talk about Sergio? Just yeah, Sergio yeah. in general. He's from Rio? I believe he's from Rio. Did Sergio even play that well? I mean, honestly. No. Was he, I, mean, I thought like he wasn't even. His putting was good. His putting was pretty good, other than that, like, shanked putt on 17 on Saturday. <laughs> Um, but like, he missed like a two and a half footer. I think but I was like, honestly, every time I felt like I saw him, every time I felt like I saw him, he was he was like holding his iron with one hand, like Fred McGriffing it. You know? Yeah. Just he bogeyed eleven. Like, yeah, it just didn't seem like he really had his A game. Tee to green this week. What was that shot on eleven? Game. Can we talk about that shot on eleven that he hit from the pine straw? I mean, that was so dumb. It was the dumbest shot I've. Was so that the one he ended up in the water, right? Yeah. Oh, it was it was forty yeah. yards short of clearing the water. It wasn't even close. Yeah, that he dropped that one in pretty pretty and solid. He left his fourth shot, but missed like a five six foot putt to save par. But why don't just lay up and then you got five six feet for birdie? Move on. Wait wait wait. wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What did you just say? Why don't you just why yeah. don't you just lay yeah. up? Be careful using those words. Hey Bill. hey, I mean, let's, 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 Bill, let's go. Come on, you can't be doing that. I, uh, all right, I got a question for the group. 
If you could describe Keimer's weekend in one round, in one word, what would it be? I'll, I'll start. I'll say efficient. I was going to say exactly what thing. I was going to say. It's Damn German. it! I would say German. I'd say yeah. auto, auto it's German bond. for efficient. Yeah. It'd, so, it'd that's, be, uh, so that's where I'm going. Like mechanical. Come, oh yeah, have Ephesian. you ever heard like Bernhard Langer described as anything like but like coldly efficient? And now I feel like the same things happened to Keimer. Like if Keimer were you know, English, would we still think of his game as, like, really efficient, or would we label it something else? Well, my problem probably, with Colin Keimer, with, with, with Colin Longer efficient, is Longer is the slowest player on the planet. Like, <laughs> the guy doesn't play, if, like, he uses his strokes efficiently, but honestly, like, watching him is like watching paint dry. It's miserable. It's awful. Timer, I I I love I love I've always thought I wrote about this in the recap. I've always thought he's a robot. Never never really thought much of him as far as a. It, it confused me how he ever made it to number one in the world. Basically, I thought out of nowhere. I forgot and about he, that man. I totally yeah. forgot about that. You can color me number, a fan now. How long I mean, was he uh, number one? Not very long, but he. You can you can color me a, a complete fan of that guy now. I love his move with the ball. I, I I don't I don't know many other any other guys that swing it from from the start of their backswing to impact any faster than that. He gets back so fast and through the ball so fast, and he doesn't he doesn't care if a hole shapes right to left. He's pulling out on all these long par fours right to left holes. He's pulling out driver and just hitting cuts anyways right down the middle of the fairway. He just said, I'm going to play my game. I don't care. About trying to shape any of these shots, I'm gonna play my cut, and he played. Uh, he played well. And of course, I think favors a right to left ball flight. That's what impressed me the most. But hey, that's what uh, I'm talking about. Todd, uh, Todd, uh, young Tron over there uh, in his gleeful champagne infused joy last night compared to Keimer to uh, a young Neil, and I appreciate that comparison. I like off it. the course with the ladies. I, I think it's fair to say he he's a big game hunter over big game over Dusseldorf. Uh, I was there on both sides of the Atlantic. I wasn't totally sold on him until I saw him uh, in the airport charging his phone like a normal person, and then I was just completely won over. What an everyman! What a I, I'm, <laughs> I'm all on board. <laughs> yeah, like, he's a human that has a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> that was just I, oh look, he's doing normal human things. Like I was feeling stupid. Speaking of normal human things, I'm on Keimer's Wikipedia page. I didn't realize the dude shot a 59 on the the, the Euro Challenge Tour with a bogey. Jeez, I think I've got his World Golf Ranking page up. I think he was number one for it looks like six weeks in 2011, and then he he had fallen all the way to. As a little week ago, he's ranked 61st in the world. God, dude, Payne Stewart just made the putt. It's sweet, it's sweet man. Sorry, Phil. Sorry, um, sorry, Phil and Phil. It hurts, man. I couldn't watch. I couldn't watch. Do we think he's making his way back, or is this a is this is he back going to be back to being a top twenty, top ten player in the world? I don't. I personally don't see any reason why he, he wouldn't be. Well, I mean, Charlie, you I, said you thought he was going to win next week or this week. Excuse me. I I love him this week again. I don't see any reason why not to. He, he I the, the reason I liked him for the players was how well he played at Wells Fargo in the final round seventy five. Made dropped him all the way to a T eighteen finish. I thought he played a lot better than that in in general. And I thought his rate is his value. There's a ton of value on him at eighty to one, just because he didn't have a high finish that week. And he always he played decent at Sawgrass. Now he he can't. I mean I. It wasn't. I mean, yeah, his finish was really shaky. I, I blame the rain a lot for that. He was unflappable until that rain came and messed up his rhythm. I mean, he was he was dominant, and he's playing a weaker field this week at a course that he played last year, and he finished tied for fifth at this at this event last year. There Dude, I was no sitting, reason not to like I was him. sitting in a bar on Sunday, um, in a very nice bar actually, and I saw him make that putt on seventeen, and I just was like, that was unbelievable. I can't believe that I, one went in. Oh, I were you? What would you deem a, a, a very nice bar? Well, it was, I was just mean it was a very dark uh, mahogany. There were actually leather-bound books. I mean that. Um, you know, high-end Were liquor. they real? Yeah, they were. They were. There was a sitting area, a nice pool table in the back. Yeah, I was, uh, uh, I was cradled up in the... 
cradled up in the fetal position on my couch watching that lead slip away shot by shot. Anything else from the players before we move on? Not really. Yeah, I just want to say Russ Henley. I just want to say Russ Henley shot a 65 and a 66 and a 71 and did not win. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, he he shot the final round. Well, he shot a third round 80, which (laughs) is also really impressive. (laughs) Hey, Sally. Totally non-pluced by that course, though. Like, A, it looked awful. B, it's like, I don't know. I think it's an ab, I think it's a a disaster. I I think it's the most overrated course. I think it's the most overrated course on tour. I think, I I mean, it, it is. What it was built for, it works. It, it was it is built for a dramatic, crazy finish, and it, we get it almost every single time for this tournament. And you really can't look away until at least the guy, the leader, is past seventeen. Like it is with that much money on the line for that, like mo- unique of a shot. That is awesome. But the rest of the course, I agree. I mean, I've played it. It's it. It is completely underwhelming. It's it's big cookie cutter. There's very little chance to be creative or use strategy at all. It's all placement off the tee. Not a lot of drivers. It's it's not a. It, it's it wouldn't be in my top ten courses to play on tour. Other than that, the seventeenth hole even in person is even cooler. Actually, which was surprising me. Yeah, I liked it when I played it. I mean, seventeen was cool. Eighteen was great hole. You know, when did you play it? Todd? Good par three. Played it in high school in a junior tournament. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess it, you know the other thing is it really year after year it really gets a good feel, you know, gets a good champion, always a good leaderboard, you know. You can't, yeah, you can't fake your way around that court. That's a cliche saying, but you really can't. You know, there's not very many fluke winners. Craig Perks would be Unless your name is standing up. And, Craig Perks would be standing up and disagreeing right now, but uh, <laughs> it's not not a lot of fluke winners in that place. But I, I I was sour on the tournament going into last year, and I think. Last year gave us like the best possible for anyone in any kind of golf media ever. The best possible Sunday you could have with Tiger and Sergio going down the stretch and Sergio falling apart. Um, it kind of revived my interest in in this tournament, and I think I thought this year it kind of lived up to it as well. You got to think uh, though that you said earlier the amount of money that's on the line. I think has a huge play in that too. You know, yeah, just, like, I mean, dude, that's yeah. what I'm thinking about when these guys are on 17. It's just like God, that there's there's millions of dollars on this shot right here. Or right. I, yeah. sank. I mean, that's a huge factor. You've got to think they, they're thinking about that, too. You know they are. I would be. Oh, absolutely. They have to be. So. Uh, all right, let's transition this into our, let's make it a monthly occurrence of looking at the current Ryder Cup standings, seeing who's outside the cut line, who's going to fall outside the cut line, who would we take from outside the cut line. Uh, starting with the U.S., obviously. Here are the hammers. Uh, Bubba, Jimmy Walker, Kucher, Spieth, and Furyk. All pr- between Walker and Furyk, all four of them are extremely close and look to be pretty much locks for the team. Although Next, I will say, Bubba is like light years ahead of everybody as far as points go. He's like, yeah, Bubba's 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 he's got sixty-two hundred points versus yeah. forty-seven hundred for the next guy. Yeah, it's Bubba's going to be on the Ryder Cup team unless. Uh, unless Ted Scott hey, leaves leave the bag behind. What about uh, Jimmy Walker? What, since he's kind of quieted down, is he on the on on the border at all? No, no. he's at second with forty seven hundred, almost forty eight hundred points. He's got three wins this year. No one. I did a little research on this. No one has ever had three wins on tour in a season and not made the Ryder Cup team. I can't. I can't picture that happening. Solid fact, right there, Walker. I think he Solid scares guy. me a little bit, though. For the team, like he just, I could just see him, yeah, know, not being. I think like, we mentioned it in the last one. He, I could see him totally losing his game, his putter going cold, and he just being a total, total liability. I'm not yeah, saying it's going to happen, but I think out of all these names that we're going to list, he's the one that's most likely to fall off the map. Yeah, see, I, I disagree. I disagree with that. Listen to his finishes. All right, so he won at Pebble. His finishes since then: tied for 20th, tied for 17th, 25th, 16th. 24th, 8th, missed the cut at Wells Fargo, and then tied for 6th in the players. He's been wow. extremely consistent outside of his three, True. in addition to his three wins this year. Um, he's just a quiet assassin. If, you're, if you want to be worried about someone who's won multiple times, you know where I'm going next with this one. The next name on the list, 
Patrick Reed at number seven. He's a top five player, man. He's a top uh, five guy. I mean, give him a break, man. He, he, he proved it in junior golf. He proved it in college. <laughs> you know, he balled out on the, the web.com. So, I mean, he is a top five talent. I love the Golf Digest guys that were pimping him as the, as, to finish as the low American. It was like he was fifty to one to finish as low American or whatever for the Players Championship. He almost finished dead last. He shot seventy four seventy nine and finished in a tie for one hundred and thirty seven. And he withdrew this week from the Byron Nelson. The move he put on the ball in Hilton Head was just. I mean, he's got a he's got crazy lower body. I remember watching that. Anyway, sorry, Phil, I cut you off. No, that's all right. He's, he's, just, he's got to be pressing. I mean, he's played like he's played horrible since his you know his post win comments at Bay Hill. Yeah, <laughs> his third since, since that <laughs> since that interview, tied for fifty second, miscut, tied for forty eighth, miscut, miscut. Wow, wow. Yeah, that's 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 all right. So let's talk about let's talk well, about let's talk about the real liability on this team right now. And that's Phil Mickelson. I mean, he's playing horrible. Is Phil's currently sitting in ace and can absolutely be passed. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. Phil, you said the only liability on this team right now is Phil. Uh, are we just going to gloss over the the known NLU terrorist, Jim Furyk? I mean, come on. Todd's in his corner. I'm trying to set up a little true. bit of a deal here. Hold on, hold on. Are you setting this up? I want to hear from Todd about what he thinks about Jim Furyk. That's all right, guys. That's... My calling card in the past has been just just shitting on Furyk, just shitting all of them repeatedly, <laughs> point blank, point blank. Period. All right. But I changed my. Can Todd, can you tell a story about when we uh, from the Heritage a couple years ago? Yeah, this was, yeah, that was a good one. This was like, I don't know, this was probably, this was what, like five or six years ago? No, no, like two years, two or three. No, dude, this is this is a while. Oh, let me look it up. But anyway, Phil and I are at the Heritage, just wandering around in a drunken stupor on Sunday. And we had followed Woody Austin for most of the day. <laughs> and uh, I think this was the same week that, that, that Woody, or it was, I think the next week, Woody hit himself in the head with his player. Throws his putter on his head, but uh, so so Furyk ended up winning the tournament. Like Woody had been winning, and then he kind of ejected down the stretch. Um, and Furyk ended up winning, and we kind of refused to believe it. So at the at the Heritage, like the the uh, 18th green is kind of out in a little point, and then the players have to ride in the golf cart back to the clubhouse. Um, it's you know it's probably a quarter of a mile a mile back to the clubhouse do some residential stuff and uh and Furyk's walking by us you know and him and Fluff are hopping on the golf cart or whatnot, and and Phil and I are just just laying into the dude about how he ripped <laughs> he ripped Woody's plaid jacket from him and like how he shouldn't be able to sleep at night <laughs> and Furyk just looked at us like we were the scum of the earth it was <laughs> It was awesome. And from that point forward, I mean, before that, you know, I'd never really been a Furyk fan. And from that point forward, I just just really hated on the guy. But I've changed my tune, guys. You know, I just, he's a grinder. And I think the damage that he inflicted on our national psyche after the last Ryder Cup, I think he really, he really took that to heart. I don't think he, I don't think he's been to sleep since. You gotta think. I wanna, God, I'm with you. I want to see some. Gotta think it hurts. They gotta think it hurts him more than anything that he let down his country because he seems like a real patriotic kind of guy. I mean, a blue collar dude. You know, his dad is a swing coach. He's the only coach he's ever had. I mean, he's just a good home. I would think he's from the Midwest. I'm not sure, but he's that's the kind of vibe I'm getting. You know, blue collar steel town. He's a Gruden. Grinder, okay? He's a grinder. But I don't know. I guess my take is, you know what? I think he's, at this point, you know, I read I read that Sobel article about him the other day. I saw the, the Faraday thing on him. You know, he seems like a really dedicated guy, and it sounds like he's really fully dedicated himself to 
redeeming himself at the Ryder Cup, earning his way onto the team, and then making making it right. You make it right, Jim. <laughs> yeah. Amen. You make it right, Jim. You make it right. So, to the Ryder Cup bad. team and to Woody Austin. Well, and look no further than his Ryder Cup record, which is fuck yourself up for this one. Eight, fifteen, and four career Ryder Cup record, and then four ball one, eight, and one, one win in ten matches in four ball. I mean, that's so disgusting. It, it's it's that's that's a big enough sample to draw a conclusion from. I mean, it, it, and I I agree. I don't disagree with what you're saying about him. You know, wanting it really bad, and I think it was Phil that said this earlier this week. Though wanting it and achieving it are two extremely different things, and wanting it a ton isn't necessarily going to help you. a lot looser, though. You know what I mean? I feel like he's, I feel like he's sensed, you know, kind of going off of that Phil article. You sense him more, um, you know, he's playing with more, more of a lightness about him. You know, it doesn't seem like he's, he's making it life and death. I will you know? say yeah. this, guys. I will say this. I sat down with with uh, TA three. What was that about a month ago? And he was just like, "There's nothing light to Furyk." He, he was he was just like, "God, I can't believe that guy rehearses everything after a bad shot. It's just a rehearsal over and over again." But whenever he hits a good shot, he walks right down the fairway. Ta three like that drives me nuts. I hate that. It's like you hit a bad shot, let it go. Quit doing that rehearsal stuff. Yeah, I just thought that was an interesting comment from a from a you know a guy that plays has played alongside him. You know, it that's doesn't Tommy Armour like, the third for any of you that don't know what Ta three stands for, but. Yeah, uh, yeah. Furyk has had a pretty darn solid year. It's a very Furyk year. One we haven't seen what, no, one of those in a couple of years. I mean, he's got one, two, three, four, five top tens already this year. Uh, he didn't play any of the wraparound events. He's only played what, like eleven tournaments this year. Um, All right, real quick, let's go down. Can we can we go through our picks? Yeah, let's get our captain pick. Names we hadn't mentioned yet that are in the inside the bubble now, but not locked included. The final four were Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, Phil Mickelson, and Zach Johnson. And here are the first few names that are outside the cut line as of now. Jason Duffner, Harris English, Chris Kirk, Ryan Moore, Webb Simpson, Kevin Stadler, Ricky Fowler, Matt Every, Gary Woodland. And then Keegan comes in at 20th, right behind J.B. Holm. How about uh, Ryan Stewart, the head of Hunter Mahan right now? What is, where is Hunter Mahan? Who's going to go out and win a singles match in that group? I don't, I don't that, see it. I think Harrison is going to be on it. I like. What, I mean, I thought Harris was going to really take a leap this year, and I feel like we haven't heard from him in a little while. We haven't. Well, yeah, he did, he had a really good reach around, but yeah, he he's cooled off considerably. I thought we were going to see something from him at, at Quail Hollow. To be honest, I think last uh, ten Northern Trust. One guy in that list that you mentioned outside the bubble, I'd love. I love Fowler. I think he'd fit in well. As a younger guy on the team, I think he's playing well. I think he, I think he plays well in that kind of setting too. Um, but interested to hear what you guys think about that. Um, I'm I, I've been bu- uh, I've been bullish on Fowler this year. I love the swing changes he's made. Uh, I I don't trust him on the greens yet at all. Well, I, I'd say this I, though. I think the way that Keegan kind of gravitated to Phil and they played. I feel like he. I feel like I don't know who it would be, but. I, I have a feeling Fowler could play that that Robin to Batman. Yeah, I, 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 and when it comes down to it, I'm going to take the guy with more substance than uh, than the the hope that he blends, you know, gets along well with the team and riles the team up. I'd rather have a guy that I can trust on the greens than. That's one I think, thing. The, re, the reason Keegan and Phil got along so well is that they played well together. It wasn't just that they were, you know, friendly or got along great. I mean, Fowler's. 2010 Ryder Cup gets very overrated because he he buried the last four holes in a single match to have the match to get a half point to keep the match the Ryder Cup alive. But even when it, that was the only half point he won over there, I mean, granted, right, 21 at the time, but there's cat playing the Ryder Cup. Oh, I'm, I'm not ready. I'm not prepared to, to to have an opinion on Big Cat for the Ryder Cup. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to see him come back and play some golf before I put him on that team. All right, so there's this. Uh, Solly, I want to hear your 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 four captains picks then out of that crew right there. Three. I got to take three guys right now. Yeah, three. Sorry. I'm taking. I'm going to put Duffner on that team. After I just ranted about not trusting a guy that can't putt, um, I'm going to put Woodland on that team. 
And I'm going to take Keegan. I'm going to take Keegan too. I feel like I feel like I'm not going to support this. I feel like experience when you go overseas is, is important. I think it's really important. All right, Wilden's the only guy there that that wouldn't be a rookie. So, Phil, so what do you think? Um, I'm going outside the box here. Give me Woodland. Give me uh, give me Pat Perez. <laughs> give me Charles. Uh, give, give me Robert Streb. <laughs> No, I'm kind of joking on that last one, but honestly, I I don't want anybody right now. It, it's amazing. Uh, it, it's amazing how much it flipped. And we haven't had a. This is the first European we had win a PGA Tour event this year, and all of a sudden, it kind of feels like what what's wrong with American golf right now? I mean, the Tiger Phil those have been the two biggest locks on the Ryder Cup team for. I think we're in a almost, transition period, though. You know, but it goes beyond them too. It's like where's. Where's Snedeker? Snedeker's Where? not even listed. He's not even listed on the exchange. Where's Mayhan? Like you said earlier, what about what Where's about Mayhan? Where's Stricker? I'm not sure Webb Simpson's alive. Guys, Anthony Kim is on a no part. You know, I mean, come on. Like if Ryan Moore could putt, all bets would be off. Yeah, yeah, he's a I, he could make this team easily. I mean, that's I, a, that's the thing. I, I, that's amazing how many bad putters there are in this top twenty-five in the yeah. Ryder Cup standings right now. So right. how about, how about I, I, hold on, hold on. I, I know he's our boy, and you know we talk about him all the time. But like this year is a prime year for Horschel to get on a Ryder Cup team, and I think he'd do really well in a team competition. But oh yeah, he's got to he's got to have some really good results between now and then. But I mean, he'd be a per- I just think he'd be a perfect guy to take over if he was you know at least somewhat qualified. Yeah, the more I look at Woodland's record this year, the more I uh, he doesn't have any outstanding results. He's got no top fives, but well, he's cost man, himself he's, a lot of money on Sundays. I kind of worry about Woodland under pressure. Uh, his short game is I worry about that, but guys in ten, I, I that's the only thing that scares me about Woodland is can he chip and putt under pressure? Yeah, guys, what about uh, you? Said ZJ was still outside. He's on the bubble, right? He would be in. Uh, either way, if he falls out, I'd want him in. I, I mean, know. that's that's a guarantee. How would you not want him on the squad? Right. I the guy's role model is Jim Furyk. Can, can we go down the – I think the Euro Tour points list is very instructive, too. Here, I, I got it in front of me. You want me to read it? So, Stenson, one. Sergio, two. Roderick McElroy, three. Bjorn, four. Dubisson, five. Donaldson, six. Rose seven, Donald eight, Timer nine, Poulter ten, Westwood eleven, Molinari twelve, and then it goes Miguel on Hell, Gal. They they got a club pro Gallagher, Use uh, Luton, GFC McDowell, Jonas Blix. God, give me this Euro squad over the Americans. It's so strong. Show up. It's so strong. Like, I think. I take Blix, McDowell, GFC, who are outside of the Euro team. I would take them as captain picks on the U.S. team. I think. Sickening. Can we can we have Jason Day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's rolling balls, yeah. All right. Jason Ready to move on from the Ryder Cup? Yeah. Uh, yeah. After I want to get off the call, that just was depressing. Yeah, it's not, and yeah, the fact that it's overseas also. That's uh, I wonder what hey, they have the the odds. Are there odds out on? Yeah, not stuff? real, not real good right there. Not real. That's good. what I'm so, saying. Watson, Watson better use these captains' picks strategically, man. Get some guys, get some young guys on there who might not. What about, what about JD Holmes, guys? That's yeah, great golf. He's long as shit. Watson needs a prospect. Get some guys who you think are going to be good over the next two years. Give them experience this year, and. Play for 2016, I guess. Get him in the program. Yeah. As much as I, yeah. as much as, as much as I love Will McKenzie, the fact that he's 21st on the U.S. Ryder Cup list says where we're at with American golf right now. Well, you know, Bad. I don't think that's fair. I think Will McKenzie's had a pretty damn good year so far. He's stockpiled top ten finishes, top five finishes even. That's true. And he's putting lights out. And he's, he hasn't made a cut in two months. No, I mean he bought out. Might be working against them. All outrageous. 
He does the Ryder Cup might interfere with so. like a like a hiking trip he has though. You know, he could <laughs> he might turn it down. He's <laughs> making grilled cheese sandwiches out in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that dude. Love his story. All right, let's move on to a topic. Uh, reader, I think I believe it was Ryan K suggested this um, as a podcast topic, talking about guys that have been in what we are terming the wilderness. We're talking about guys that have had extreme success or a lot of success in some way on tour and then have completely disappeared and then have found their way back. And we got on it. I think that we got on it basically by talking about Keimer. And now he rose to number one in the world, fell all the way outside the top 50. Now he's obviously on his way back. Who are some of the other guys out there that have had similar, similar rises, falls, and rises back to the top? Sergio, absolutely. And we should probably preface this by saying this is kind of, you know, recent history. We didn't really grind things oh, yeah. back. We're all relatively young guys. Hey, <laughs> I would say that I always, I feel like at the beginning of every season, John Daly comes out of the wilderness for like a couple of Thursday or Fridays, and then he goes back into his trailer or wherever and sells more merch. He's like punk to Tommy Phil. He comes yeah. out. <laughs> I feel like that's more by choice, though. <laughs> he, yeah, he's still. He gives, I don't think he cares. I mean, everyone's like, oh, God, John Daly's on the leaderboard. Like, they love it. You know, it's like he's back. He's out of the wilderness for a second. And then he's like Jeremiah Johnson. He goes back out there. He wants to be the mountain man. It's just fodder for the plebeians. Just, yeah, yeah, the problem is, like, when it's he's tied for 20th, people say that he's on the leaderboard, and he's not really even close to the leaderboard. But yeah, but I just feel like just every get... year, whether it's the retrap schedule or early in the year, he'll he'll drop a 66 or a 68 Thursday, Friday. And yeah. It's like when we all go out and play golf after being off for six or eight months, I always, like, feel like I play well for the first, like, round or two, and then I just notice that, obviously. Yeah, your Maybe. tempo is great. You're, yeah. yeah. You know, you're like, oh, man, I can still do this. I can still do that. I feel like that's how Daly must be thinking. Sergio is a very interesting one. I yeah, guess quite I, quite even, game. I don't even know if I remember him being number two in the world in 2008. And he, yeah, when he won the, he won, that's the year he won the players. Um, I mean, he was still top five halfway through 2009. And then it slowly started to fade. And then 2010, 2011, it hit rock bottom. He was ranked 85th in the world at one point in 2011. And now he's back to being the ninth-ranked player in the eighth-ranked player in the world. I mean, all this awesome guys. You got Jeff Ogilvie. Yeah. Uh, you got Duval. Is he back? Is he back in the wilderness though? No, not really. Ogilvie, he's close. There's a there's a there's a category of guys that there's a, a separate list of guys that have just gone to the wilderness and never came back. Ian Baker Finch might be the best ever example of that. But um, so I got Ogilvy here. He was ninth ranked player in the world beginning of 2010, and he is now ranked 152nd in the world. I think he's toast. Yeah. And he's coming back. And he's mean to the local news. Yeah, I'll allegedly. Like, allegedly. 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 Um, maybe the most interesting name on this is Henrik Stenson. That yeah. that guy went dark. He was, let's see, 2000, end of 2009, beginning of 2010, he was ranked seventh in the world. And beginning of 2012, he had fallen to 222nd in the world. Now he's back. He could be number one. If he, if he finishes, like, top five in his next tournament, he'd be the number one player in the world. That's, that's ridiculous. All right. I got a guy for you, a wilderness guy. He, he's actually an alternate this week. David um, Goss. You... <laughs> what? He's a former dude won the John Deere one year and then just, like, forgot how to play. I mean, dude, I think the alternate list this week is just is amazing. Um, a lot of guys, guys, a lot of those guys are getting, yeah. You got, you got um, Skip Kendall, who's, who's, that guy's made more money on tour without winning a PGA Tour event than, like, anybody. You got Bob Gomez, Frank Licklider, Tom Pernice, Robert Dameron, Stanko, Glenn Day, Ted This Curry. was like, 
everyone you used to see on the leaderboard when you played Rich Tiger Woods 2005. Sean right, McKeel, uh, Tom Byram, Omar Uresti, Arjun Atwal, Ryder Cupper Brett Wetterick, oh, uh, Kevin Sutherland, Vaughn Taylor, Len Matisse, Lee Jansen, Jesper Parnovic. I mean... Are you, you just got, naming the 06 Ryder Cup team right now? That's what pretty much. Like. You, got um, Dick, you got Dick Mast on this, on this alternate list. NLU follower Jadon Blake. David Gossett was once ranked 106th in the world. That's as high as he ever got. And right now, he is ranked 1,533rd. You know, speaking of Stenson, his countryman, Bob Carlson, is currently lost in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's lost he sent out a way. search party for him years ago. He's kind of a big Swede. Would you guys consider that Donald was lost in the wilderness there for a while? I think he's still kind of out there. I, think he I, think lost he's... Card, I feel like you have to lose your card to be lost in the or wilderness. Did he take a walk in the woods? Yeah, it's easy to it's easy to be like a top five player and then fall to seventieth or so. It's it's different to do like a Stenson drop or even like a guy like Steve Stricker had a pretty amazing fall off. I mean, he was a Consistently, yeah. late '90s, he was a top 40, even sometimes a top 20 player. And in 2004, he fell to 387th in the world at one point. And now he's been back inside the top 10 forever. I think he's starting to fall off now. He's 16th now. Um, but that that was a pretty. He had a, a tough run there from 04 through about 06. Many people. He somehow won back-to-back Comeback Player of the Year awards, which I think end, officially ended that award. So good. That's so good. <laughs> Wait, he won uh, back-to-back a, Player of the Year, or Comeback Player of the Year awards? Yeah, like 06, 07, he won back-to-back Co-Player of the Year, or uh, Comeback Player of the Year. How do you do that? How's that possible? I, that, they stopped giving the award away after that. Like, he broke the award. He should have won. A, he should have won an award for that shank he hit at Marion last year. Oh my God, that is that, that is one of the. That's even, Webb Simpson is jealous of that shank. That's one of the best shanks ever. So, all right, I Guys, think we Westwood, Westwood, I've got a pick for this week. Westwood saw picks for this week. Oh, Westwood was in the wilderness for sure. Dude. Oh yeah, definitely. I gotta look that one up. Guys, give us your pick while I look up Westwood. Ryan Moore. Okay, let's hear it. No, no recent results here. I'm going off nothing but form. Guy's been playing well this year. I feel like he's been knocking on the door for a while, and he also has a loss in the playoff here. Loss in the playoff? Here? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, loss in the playoff here back in looks like '08, I believe. Let's see who he lost to. Odds aren't that good for him though. He's like he's less than fifty to one. I think that's that. I think he's thirty three to one to be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He lost in the playoff here back in oh eight. Okay. Lost. Um, all right, I got Westwood pulled up here. All right, so from consistently from like ninety eight to two thousand, late two thousand one, he was top five player in the world. He's ranked as high as number four in April two thousand one. Then. <laughs> In March of o, I'm sorry, July of '03, he had fallen 257th in the world, and then made it all the way back to number one by in 2011. That he may be best, he may be the best example of the wilderness. Westwood was was number one in the world. Yeah, and, and back when in 2011, when like it shuffled between Timer, Donald, and Westwood, and on like a weekly basis, he was number one for a couple months there, actually. That was like a free for all when the when the big cat was still trying to get back at it. Go ahead. I got two names this week, both form plays. Martin Flores. You might have you might have he heard of him Dallas. at the Wells Fargo. He lives in the Plex. He's a Plex resident. Guy's made uh quietly going about his business, has uh made five straight cuts, few t- Tied 16, tied 17, third at the Wells Fargo. And the other guy who, this guy is coming. This guy is charging hard. I have no idea really anything about him. But Robert Streb is playing golf. And he's got 
ugly wardrobes, but the guy is golfing his ball every he's week. He's part of the country, too. He's a, yeah, went to Oklahoma. He's a Big 12 guy. Front, no, he went to, excuse me, he's he born in Oklahoma, went to K-State, uh, has made eight cuts in eight events, four top 25s, guys playing. <laughs> are we on Streb or are we on uh, Flores? Streb. Streb. Streb's coming. Hard. Hard to argue Strip might that. actually be Strip might actually be like pretty good. <laughs> he's eighty to eighty to one. How old is he? He graduated call or uh he was born in eighty seven, so Oh wow. He just turned twenty seven earlier this year. Hey, can we talk right. about what we saw earlier on video with Neil's whatever yeah, that's good podcast call, material? Right? <laughs> that's that's four talks. Yeah, what are you I, talking about? Pick? I'm talking about the slow-mo torso we saw earlier. Oh, that we'll, my God. That, that we'll post along with the... Uh, yeah, just get it up on Twitter, man. That thing is... that's that was I was a little quick at the top, you know? A little quick yeah. at the top. I'll tell you what, Harding Park... A little quick at the top. The greens I don't think we're, we're real true. Real true out there. I don't think you're... I don't think your transition existed. I don't think it happened. I, I don't think there was a transition. It was in slow-mo. I, I was proud. I, like I put my head down fun. and I grinded on the back nine. I went fifty forty one. Um, you know what? The, that was a, It was a refreshing ninety one. Leave you coming back. Leave you wanting to come back. Warren. It did. I, I, hey, Phil, and I drained a twenty foot par putt on on eighteen. Did you um, get a little quiet fist pump, like a muted fist pump? Oh, I, I was vocal about it. I was vocal about it. There was no quiet. Nothing quiet about it. It was pure. Anyway, Solly, get your picks in. Sorry. All right. My my flyer for this week. It's Tron I think we'll like. I, I like Jeff Overton this week. Eighty to one. Oh God. um so snoggy, <laughs> so lazy, so apathetic. <laughs> He's got a history here. He's got a couple top tens here in the last four years. Um he has missed a cut. He's got an MDF since he finished fourth in the Zurich. I feel like he is built for one of these these events that does that's not a world class field. Um I think yeah. he can be the uh in the land of the blind, the man with one eye is king. I think he's got one eye. I think he's got an eye on this on this trophy at eighty to one. So there's way, to bring, there's it, way to bring it back around with the uh the old allegory there. I, I really think right? that the literary on the whim. The usage right there was phenomenal. So I also like Rio is Ishikawa this week at sixty six to one. Random, but that, that's solid. Hey, uh, is, uh, is 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 uh, Dub P playing this week? He's not. Yep. I don't think. Oh, he is actually. Yeah. Well, then yeah, I picked Dub P. I, I feel like we picked him what ten times. We're bound to get one. Yeah, I'm playing. Uh, like I'm playing roulette. Gotta keep, gotta keep like double one down. I'm playing roulette. You know, I'm gonna hit the same numbers until I hit red seven, red seven, <laughs> Dub P, and then it's gonna hit. <laughs> I'm gonna go freaking nuts. To be awesome. Dude, he's going to win, and then he's going to get on the Ryder Cup team. I don't have to pick him as a captain's pick. <laughs> uh, there you go. All right, anybody else have picks, or should we get to our very last topic, which will be quick? Next topic. Next topic. All right, this comes from my Uncle Freddie. All right, Tiger Woods, the, the big cat, is. I don't know this. He's telling me this. Supposedly is hosting a charity poker tournament for the Tiger Woods Foundation this week. Does Tiger make the final table at his poker tournament? Will he cheat? Will he stack the deck to make sure he makes the final table? Does he have a poker face? Does he have any game? Let's hear some thoughts. Well, he's definitely got a poker face. I mean, have you seen him being interviewed? It's private. Call the police for it. Next question. What did you say? He spends his entire life. He's, he basically does a Tiger Woods impression. Basically his entire oh, life. No, yeah. At this point, he's imitating himself. Like, he's... It's performance art, and it's really the highest degree. It's it's breathtaking. It's phenomenal. I love every <laughs> media hit he makes. It's it's the best. He's so wooden. He's so everything's so forced. I don't think he has real emotions anymore. It's it's really good. It's really good that, stuff. That blog post was interesting to me. I, I didn't sound like him, I, I didn't sound like him writing. Either that or that was really him writing it, and, and nobody edited it. It was just like all over the place. Not a chance he wrote that. Not a chance. Do uh, you think he even knows he has a blog? I mean, honestly, do you think he knows he has a blog? Well, I, I'm sure he's he's flagged our tweet. I, I, we tweeted at him asking if he wanted to come on 
the whole yeah, time and tell you. He hasn't responded yet. I don't know if he's probably been I've probably been a little drugged up on rehab. But no, Bray, he usually yeah, he usually gets back to us pretty quickly. But I think we're a small shot. Looking, looking, look looking to uh, looking to expand and uh yeah, we'll we'll follow back up with him. Maybe I'll shoot him another note. I'm sure he just missed it. So. Guys, can we talk about I mean I, like I know there's a poker tournament, but Tiger Jam. Can we talk about the musical acts that have played that year after year? <laughs> do you know? Do you have the list? I got. I got the list. Well, so, oh, so this God. year. <laughs> this year, let's see. Let's see who's. It's the headliner this year is is the standout group One Republic. Hold on. What, what are what are we what are we talking about? What is this? We're talking about Tiger Jam. Can you explain? Because I have no idea what it is. It's like this concert. This is whole event he puts on for for his charity. Uh, That's what this poker tournament's a part of too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so, so this year it's it's One Republic. He he talked about it in his blog post. It was great. Well, um, I mean, what demographic is he going for here? That's the thing. So let me read down this 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 all star list of performers the last few years. Last year you had Kid Rock and Uncle Cracker. <laughs> uh, 2012, you had John Bon Jovi. 2011, you had Keith Urban and John Mayer. 2009, you had No Doubt. 2008, you had Van Halen. It's charity. It's got to be for the kids, you know? Can we, can we do it? 2007, you had Daughtry. Da- uh, no he had way. Sting, he had Sting and O6. Stevie Wonder and Counting Crows in 05. It Prince in 04. Bon Jovi and Bon Jovi and Goo Goo Dolls in 03. Don Henley and Train in 02. Third Eye Blind and Mellencamp in 01. Christina Aguilera, Leanne Rimes, and Seal in 2000. Celine Dion in 99. And The Eagles and Hootie and the Blowfish. In '98, oh, that may be his best one. We need to do an analysis of how good his years were versus how good of an act he got for Tiger Jam. Those musical acts lack pop, can't play. I mean, that. that I would say they're rough. more they're more Caucasian than the 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 Blin Asian type. Do, does the big cat wear carpenter jeans to Tiger Jam? Yeah. You should ask your boys over at Golf Digest. I, I disagree. I bet he wears shorts. I mean, Cargo I can just shorts. hear him like 2001, Third Eye Blind, you know, the first couple notes like, you know, what, Jumper? And he's like, guys, this is my jam, Jumper. And he's like, <laughs> it's like singing along. Go on. Uh, do you think Elk's ever been there? I mean, he's a big Vegas guy. You think he's... You think Elk's ever been over to Tiger Jam? No, I don't think I don't think Elk's type is welcome at these events. I, I think this is way too uh, vanilla for Elk. Yeah, but 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 uh, didn't Steinberg put on the event that he talks about where where he saw Cat? Oh, down in uh, South Africa? No, I don't know. That one was in Vegas. Oh, that was in Vegas. Yeah, you're right. Was, I don't know. He said, yeah, my, my boy Steinberg and Morad. <laughs> they put on this event, and, you know, you know, Bo Hell was there, Adam Dunn, and Brad Penny. Oh, Brad Penny, he likes to drink and fight. He get along. We get along <laughs> real nice. This is a great transition to our last question. This is what we're going to end on. This is from our Twitter follower, EricSean85. Who is pulling the best trim on tour? You can leave married guys out. Yeah, I'm say PA3. PA3. Tommy, I'm going to say that's a great, great choice right there, John. I mean, the guy's, the guy's passionate about his... I, I don't even know who's married. Like I don't, I don't know if I'm qualified to answer this question. But no, he's not married right now. Like, is Will McKenzie married? Guy, no, well, no, he's going through a divorce. He, in fact, he credits the divorce with playing a lot better golf. Wouldn't he be our lead candidate there then? Yeah, you know, that guy's a bomb threat. Yeah, I'm curious if Vic Dubuisson 
is in a relationship or more of a bachelor, an international playboy, if you will. He, I mean, he's got the looks. I feel like I'll, tell you, I'll tell you who I want to know. I want to know what kind of tail the mechanic is pulling. Yeah. He just got married. He just he got, got married. married. He's he got married. He's married. No right. way. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I haven't seen the 50 we million tweets about it. One. This might be a topic for another another to well, open up another so podcast. So a guy like a guy like Ricky Fowler, is he still going out with uh, Owen Brown's girl? Yes. I have no can. idea. He's a he's a real he's very uh, Christian too, so I don't know how much too. He's got uh, yeah, he's like he's like Bieber out there. Yeah, I don't know if he's capitalizing on it though. But I yeah, I mean yeah, he doesn't seem like that type to me, honestly. We know uh, is, I mean, is uh, uh, GFC. Is he in a relationship? What's yeah, he's got like that? seven kids. Oh, <laughs> he's probably got seven girlfriends too. What about what about Woodland? I don't think Woodland's married. He's engaged. He's yeah, he's engaged. Weren't you guys watching the? He's engaged. He's got a lot of downcock in his swing. That's for sure. Dude, the mechanic has two kids. What about a guy like uh, Torbjorn Olsson? Torbjorn, yeah. I bet he does well for himself. The Thunderbear. Guys, a good, he's a good-looking cat. He resides in London. I bet he's just. I can't even imagine. Can't even uh, imagine quality. Here's our, here's our winner. Truthfully, a lot of these guys, they're not necessarily the best players. Oh, so, yeah, I agree. Here, here's our guy. I have no idea if he's married or not. Martin Flores. Oh, great lettuce. With that hair, how could you not be? Dallas, he probably cleans up on the uh, older ladies. Um, I'm scrolling down this list. You know who I bet cleans up on the older ladies is Harmon, you know? I don't know. This could be a good topic to delve into further. We're going to have to go deeper on this next We're going to have to do some research. Guys, what about Melka? We need to do a champion for version of this. And really dig deep on anybody that. that's, that's still listening, you know, Godspeed. Yeah, seriously. I actually feel bad for anyone that's still listening. We're going on the out. What about Spence? You think Spence runs the game? Spence has a, a long-term girlfriend. Yeah, we met him. We saw her. After, remember when Spence wasn't going to sign that kid's hat? And those, those parents were like, come on, man, are you serious? And then his girl was like, you should do it, Spence, you should do it. And like, okay, fine, I'm going to Oh, he's so good. Like, I think I think we got to throw was my favorite thing I saw at the Heritage that that right there that interaction other than and I didn't see what happened between Phil and Ricky Barnes that's for another podcast but the Spence interaction was was very very strong. My favorite might have been uh, some some little kid thinking that Jeff Ogilvy was Kevin Kistner. That has to be why Jeff Ogilvy's in the wilderness right now. How can you recover? Why Kevin Kistner's been playing so well for the last four weeks? He's been on yeah. fire. He thinks he's a U.S. Open champion. He's playing the best golf of his career right now. Um, well, whoever lasted this long, again, thank you. Uh, thanks for everyone who sent in questions. Uh, keep sending them in. We will get to them, even if it uh, takes us a couple weeks. Like That wilderness question was a great one. We could we could talk about that for even longer than we did. But uh, thanks, everyone, for, uh, for tuning in. We'll have the preview rolling shortly this week, and uh, hopefully get another winner for you. Guys, peace out. See you guys. See ya.